0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony Katz today firing tomahawk missiles at the houthi rebels and it's about damn time just don't tell rashida to she's very upset about this the president needs to consult with congress before engaging in war the president needs to notify Congress, which he did. The Gang of Eight was indeed notified. And if it was a protracted event, well, certainly you would need congressional approval and a declaration of war, most possibly. Would that be against the Houthi rebels or against Iran is another question. No, Representative Talib and Representative Cory Bush, they're just upset that you'd be going after the Houthi rebels. Because uh, that means you, you might take the side of Israel. And everyone knows Israel just has to be destroyed. That's the only decent thing to do. Ceasefire now, right? The ceasefire now crowd wants Israel destroyed. It's who they are. It's not a debate. These are the facts as presented. Thank you, Cleveland. Good night. Why aren't we on the air in Cleveland? We should be on the air in Cleveland. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That is the, 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 the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. You have the United States and the United Kingdom engaged in these attacks against the Houthi rebels, who are, of course, backed by Iran. The rebels have prevented the navigable seas. They have prevented, uh, of, whether it's trade uh, trade issues regarding uh, cargo ships, oil tankers from traveling the Red Sea. This group, backed by Iran, has been involved in a proxy war between Iran and Saudi Arabia for years. They are well-trained. They are well-funded. Yemen is a hellscape because of it. And they have been taking over uh, tankers. The group Maersk, which does a lot of uh, international shipping, they have changed their entire methodology to avoid the Red Sea. I mean, you might want to pull up a map and really get an idea of, of what you're looking at here. Just look at a, just, just, you know, search up Red Sea map and then click on it and then just start zooming out. The amount of trade that moves through the Red Sea here, through the Gulf, down through the, the Gulf of Aden, then out to the Arabian Sea, out to the Indian Ocean... And then north through the Suez Canal. That's right. You've seen pictures through the Mediterranean and then into the North Atlantic. It's a tremendous amount of trade. Well, if you have to avoid the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden because these Houthi rebels are stealing your ship and holding people hostage, the cost is astronomical in terms of the expense that that grows because of it. So now, you're not going through the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. You're going through the Mediterranean, down to the South Atlantic Ocean, around South Africa, and into the Indian Ocean. That's why a container ship that used to cost $2,400 for a 40-foot container now costs $10,000. That's why. And that affects everyone in the Midwest. Everyone in the Midwest will spend more by definition this is the way it's going to happen (laughs) if you don't understand this you're not serious about math but why is it that it has taken so long to put the houthi rebels or, or to fight back against these people because you didn't want to fight with iran why not why what what is the issue The United States actually thought it was in some level of negotiation. What negotiation? How? Who were you negotiating with? How in the world was that supposed to work? How? Explain. Show your work. Show the math on that, that you were engaged in negotiation. With whom? To what? Well, result. That's correct. No possible result, none. Zero. Just like when it comes to dealing with Iran. You you really thought you were going to bring them to the table? You thought you'd have an Iran nuclear deal and they wouldn't uh uh be uh working their way toward a nuclear weapon? Do you do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Because if you believe By any stretch, if you believe that you can get Iran to the table, if you believe that somehow you can get Iran to be, okay, we're not interested in killing anybody today, I I would be happy to label you a fool, an absolute fool. Now I've got more on this. Uh, Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army uh, military analyst. We're gonna uh, break this down uh, with him in a bunch of ways. I have a lot to go over, and one of the stories that isn't going to get much play today that I think is necessary. Oh no, no, we're not talking about Rand Paul and never Nikki. Oh, never Nikki. I, I've I've got that. I I I won't let you down. Uh, on, on that one also uh, Griff Jenkins uh, from Fox News scheduled to be with us what's going on at Eagle Pass Texas taking over a, a, a park the feds saying you can't do that and the state saying watch us Ooh, we're going to see a fight children we are going to see a fight and a lot of people can't believe that uh, uh, Gerald Nadler uh, the democrat from New York said this and we need immigrants in this country Forget the fact that the
1: farm that our 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 vegetables would rot in the ground if it weren't if they weren't being picked by many immigrants,
0: many illegal immigrants. The fact is that the birth rate in this country is way below replacement level, which means our population is going to start shrinking, and the ratio of people on Social Security and Medicare is going to increase
1: relative to the number of people supporting them.
0: Yeah, that's right. We need to bring people into the country illegally or otherwise so we can keep paying Social Security because it beats the hell out of any reform we might do. That's a that's a great sell. And I think that's the story. But how about him saying uh, the, the, the vegetables are going to stick in the ground, right? The people on the right are saying, see, this is the left. This is exactly how they view illegal immigrants. They're just there to clean our houses and pick our food. For a a moment of clarity, an important one, Um, legal immigration is extremely important because there are plenty of migrants, actual legitimate migrants, not illegal immigrants, not uh, these people lying about asylum. Yes, these are the jobs that they take, and yes, they're very important. Are we not going to discuss the labor needs in the United States, pretend that it's not real, instead engage some petty, oh, this is all you think of them, and move on? The jobs are necessary to be filled, and Americans will not do it. Could we get some grown-ups in a room? Just for a minute. That's all I'm asking. Just for a minute. But the idea that you need them to replace population? You need people in the country illegally to replace population? This is Gerald Nadler, cat out of the bag. Our plan is to make them citizens and get them voting. That way we can provide Social Security and more Social Security and more people who vote for us Democrats and the full lurch to the left will be complete. Holy cow! You understand that this is not an attack on people who are white. This is an attack on people who are brown who have gone through the process. You came to the United States legally from name the country. That is Congressman Gerald Nadler of New York telling you to suck it, you dum dum, you stupid, mcstupid stupid face, stupid head, stupidy, stoop stoop stoop. You actually went through the process. <laughs> Huts! we're just going to let anybody in now, and we're going to give them benefits, and we're going to get them signed up to vote. You waited how many years? You took a test? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Pathetic. Or if if you understand uh, their nomenclature, they'll say, well, we think it was racist that you had to do all of that. What a racist country the United States has been. And you're like, what? And they're like, we told you racist. Oh, racist is the buzzword, and I've got the data. I'll get to that as well. Holy, I think that's the part of this this Nadler piece that matters so much. But that's not the story I was talking about. The story I'm talking about is Washington State has a piece of legislation and once you hear Washington state and legislation, you know, you're getting, you know, what with your pants on. That is, that is, that is happening. Producer Jason, Jason is back from uh, being sick like I was, but he had it worse. When I say, you know, what with your pants on. Do you know what I mean? Say that again. When I say you're getting, you know, what with your pants on. Do you know what I mean? I think I have a pretty good idea what you're talking do you, about. Do you want to tell everybody? No, I don't. I'll leave okay. that to you. This is Washington state. Just just wanted to see how well he was feeling. This is Washington State. (laughs) Where the Democrats have proposed an uh, an additional tax for, and I'm quoting here, the privilege of using ammunition. This is their argument. A use tax is levied on every person in this state for the privilege of using ammunition as a consumer at the rate of percent of the selling price price the second amendment which allows for the right to keep and bear arms uh, clearly would indicate that the arm the weapon should have ammunition it is clear to any rational mind that one would not go without the other the argument of well it doesn't say ammunition ammunition is a privilege not a right That is laughable. That is like saying you have the right to publish anything you choose, but you pay an extra tax on the pen. These people don't stop. It is an important thing to note. I I, I paraphrase Michael Walsh. Um, who I yeah, I really need to do an event with him. I need to bring him in. We need to do a whole thing. The author of Last Stand, the author of Fiery Angel, uh, the author of the Devil's Pleasure Palace. Uh, um, just his his commentaries on Western civilization have been have been remarkably good. Um, the the left, and I'm paraphrasing here. The left never stops. The left never rests. The left never sleeps. The left never quits. Never. I think one of the most important lessons we need to learn is doing exactly the same thing. And I think that this is true, for example, with school boards. And this is true, uh, for example, with breaking teachers' unions and true for taking uh porn out of school libraries which i'm totally fine with not regular libraries in terms of 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 books that may have sexually explicit scenes they could be i think in a regular library a school library for an 8 year old is something fundamentally different and the people who don't understand that are people who want to sexualize children they're weird why would you listen to them to begin with but these the these these people don't stop and, and so i'm in favor of of teaching Uh, others not to stop. Don't stop. Don't rest. Don't quit. Every now and then, I think you got to take a couple minutes, you know, get get your bearings. But the ammunition is a privilege. These people are ridiculous children. They are awful people. And by the way, the tax would be 11%. Of the selling price, that's the tax, eleven percent. And what will they use the tax for? They will use it to fund um, uh, programs that uh, that discourage violence. That's that's their plan. You see, it'll be used for a good cause. These people, they hate your rights. They hate the fact that you want to defend yourself. They hate the fact that you might want to defend others. They do. There's no other reason for it. I think this is one of the big stories. I mean, there's no bigger story than than the border, and I'll get into it. But I think this is one of the big ones. One of the big ones right here. And it should be noted. How they're coming after your Second Amendment rights yet again. And they will never stop, they will never rest, and they will never quit. I'm Tony Katz. So an update on this story about Fanny Willis and her lover. That's that's how we're going to describe it. (laughs) Lava. <laughs> Whole story will make you sick. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what? What's the issue? What, what is? What is the problem? Fannie Willis is the uh, is, is the prosecutor there uh, in in Fulton County. Fannie Willis is the one who tried who not tried, who was utilizing Rico racketeering statutes to go after President Trump regarding uh, election results and possible interference um, and saying all these people are part of a criminal conspiracy. Oh, you can get people to plead guilty to this and guilty to that. They're pleading guilty because it gets them out of the way. They're pleading guilty because otherwise they're going to spend outrageous amounts of money. The abuse of the system can't be overstated here. Charge people with anything, get them to plead on something because they want to save the money and their time, and then get to say, look at the conviction we got and ruin people's lives. That's what we allow our state governments and our federal government to do. It's disgusting and it's wrong. But the Fannie Willis story took a, a turn when it was alleged that she was having an affair with a prosecutor that she hired and paid over $600,000 to. And then they were using funds to go on vacations and doing other things. Then you learn that the guy she's having the affair with, Nathan Wade, divorced his wife or filed for divorce the next day after they got the money. After he got the money, and, and basically, was left her penniless, left her broke, while he's uh, engaged with, with Fannie Willis? And then just yesterday, Nathan Wade, the special prosecutor in the election interference case against Trump in Georgia, is not denying having an affair, and he's on Thursday spotted openly carrying a handgun. Let's see if I get. It. Uh, it looks like a nine millimeter. It looks like a semi-automatic. Uh, what, which one it is? You need to be better at it than I am. He's not holding it like you know, by the by, any level of grip and and finger on the trigger. No, he's kind of he's kind of holding it like he's gonna put it on the table and say, "You listen to me. I'm a tough guy, like one of those." Uh, he in his right hand, he's just holding a gun. I don't know what the rules are, in Georgia about walking around with a firearm out. I don't know about open carry or concealed carry, but this is in his hand. He's not commenting on the affair. Uh, He's not denying the affair. Uh, By the way, I just did a quick look up. Georgia's an open carry state, even without a permit. Now, the New York Post is clear to say that they don't think that he was involved in any wrongdoing. I didn't say it was involved in any wrongdoing. I said I want to know what the rules are. I want to know why the political left isn't freaking hyperventilating. There's a gun. Hold on. Maybe, maybe the political left didn't hear me. You know, sometimes they're, they're, they're busy with their heads up their own butts, and so they, they don't uh, hear anything. So let me say it again. Political left... Your heroes going after Donald Trump, one of them is in the open public carrying a gun. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I am no, just don't
1: like my Nazis.
0: I, where are you? Why are you infuriated? I guess uh, when uh, it, it's about Trump, nothing else matters. Um, there's a story here. And I hope the investigation continues and continues aggressively. This misuse of, of funds, this how he walked out on, on, on his wife. I don't know if there's a family involved. Everything's okay as long as you're going after Trump. Sure. Sure. Meanwhile, the border always remains the biggest story in America. Griff Jenkins from Fox scheduled to be with us to talk about Eagle Pass. That's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz.
1: strategy on a national level to spread it throughout the country and not target just certain cities. So what's the overall fix, the solution? And can (laughs) the federal government do more? Uh, Yes, they can. The overall fix is uh, cities, El Paso, Brownsville, Chicago, uh, New York, cities should not be handling a national crisis of this magnitude. We're getting, in average, just think of this number, there are weeks we get 4,000 migrants that come into our city. Uh, When you have anywhere from 2,500 to 4,000 coming in a week, and you have to find housing, food, shelter, clothing, educating the children, health care. That's not sustainable. It's a $12 billion hole in the budget of our economy. It's going to impact low income uh, New Yorkers, and it's going to impact every service in this city. And I said it last year we're going to start seeing the visualization of this crisis. We've done a great job, but we can't continue to sustain this. And I do want to ask you.
0: You can't sustain it. America can't sustain it. That's the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, on uh, Good Morning America there, ABC. The the issue here is that America can't sustain it. And every day you talk about where this administration is at, where Congress is at, and the answer is nowhere. As a matter of fact, you have people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez who want to say, well, the easy way to deal with undocumented immigrants is to make them documented." Just say, okay, you're in the country, and all of a sudden the problem disappears. No. No, 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 it doesn't. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Griff Jenkins joins me right now. Of course, you know his work from Fox News, co-anchor of Fox News Live. And he has been covering the border since before it was cool to cover the border. And I do want to get into with you, uh, Griff, your story about Secretary Mayorkas and finally admitting the number of illegal immigrants released into the U.S. But the big story is this Eagle Pass story where Texas has seized control of a park and is preventing Border Patrol from entering. Talk to me about what's happening here.
2: Hey, Tony. Happy Friday. This is crazy. And by the way, I was literally just moments ago in front of AOC's office on Capitol Hill in the Cannon House office building. I was walking past there. I'd gone to interview her next-door neighbor, who is Texas Congressman and former Navy SEAL Dan Crenshaw. So, you know, you never know where you're going to end up. But, alas, I am not an Eagle Pass, where I did spend most of September, most of October, and the first part of December in that very area. And what has effectively happened, and believe me, I've got phone calls all night long and all morning long talking to both Texas officials, Border Patrol officials, and the Border Patrol Union, guys like Brandon Judd, to sort of figure out what's going on. And ultimately, at this very moment, in that location where you saw me doing countless live shots under that port of entry along the river there, along the Rio Grande in Eagle Pass, the the Texas National Guard has effectively chain-fenced it off with razor wire and kicked border patrol out because the governor, Texas governor, Greg Abbott believes that essentially border patrol now is an extension of the Biden administration is complicit in allowing this border crisis to transpire. And, you know, if governor Abbott were listening to this interview now, I would caution my friend down there in the great Lone Star state that he's creating a much larger problem and mess than he is in terms of uh, uh, offering solutions. And, you know, it's important to remember, Tony, while I understand people are upset that the Border Patrol is doing nothing but processing and transporting migrants, those Border Patrol agents don't make the policy. And, you know, ultimately, you can't get around the fact that immigration and border enforcement is a federal responsibility, which is why you've had the Border Patrol there. But if you do sort of the, the step back from 30,000 feet, remember, Greg Abbott did a brilliant thing in standing up what was Operation Lone Star in the spring of 2021. Just a couple of months into Biden's new administration, if he undid every one of the Trump uh, policies, he saw Greg Abbott rightly saw this crisis coming. I'm sure he would not even imagine the life of which we've got today with 300,000. Plus in December and the 85% being released. But he knew the problem was coming. So Texas Governor Abbott stood up the Operation Lone Star to create Texas DPS and Texas National Guard to supplement Border Patrol in their mission to try and deal with it. Now he's done a 180 and he's kicked them out of their own area of operation. And it puts both agents in a difficult spot, it puts migrants in a very dangerous spot because ultimately they have to release. Texas National Guard has to release these migrants ultimately into Border Patrol custody because they don't have any legal means to detain and court them. All right. So let's
0: break this down a little bit, Griff, talking to Griff Jenkins of Fox News as he's there uh, as a correspondent, as he often is in D.C., but spends more time on the border than anybody I know. Eagle Pass, not too far from San Antonio, actually close to Uvalde. And this is where Greg Abbott has taken over a park and kicked out. Border Patrol. As a matter of just uh, basic explanation, why specifically this park uh, in Eagle Pass? That is a
2: fantastic question, Tony. Why this park? And why now, when actually the numbers in specifically the Del Rio sector in Eagle Pass, the numbers are actually lower than they've been in recent weeks? Like, why do this now and I don't have the slightest idea why. It could be because the governor is sitting in his office in Austin watching the Fox News cameras play out uh, in Eagle Pass, because that's where we've been, you know, for so many months, because it is one of the ground zeroes. There's two, two areas that you've seen our Border Patrol uh, getting overwhelmed the most, and that's in Eagle Pass, Texas, and then 1,000 miles to the west in Lukeville, Arizona. So maybe it's because it is a ground zero spot. Abbott chose that, but I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, preventing federal border patrol agents from doing their job is what's going to, you know, continue to to be part of this story. And, And there's, you know, all kinds of now lawsuits starting. I mean, you know, it's one of these things where, You, Tony, me, a lot of your awesome, God-fearing, patriotic uh, listeners believe in law enforcement. And we have an important law enforcement partnership with the state of Texas trying to do everything they can to to help the federal law enforcement partners get under control. But now you have what I can only use the best analogy is a really nasty family spat going on.
0: Right. And this is why you say that Abbott has created a bigger issue, which is not usually the kind of things that we hear. This isn't about excusing how the Biden administration and Alejandro Mayorkas, the the Department of Homeland Security secretary, have acted. But you do think this creates an issue uh, that Abbott, did he get the information wrong or is he trying to send some other kind of statement? He's stepping on toes and he's hurting the people, in in your view, that that don't need to be hurt here.
2: Well, yes. And, and, and you know, I'm, as a reporter, I'm offering – I offer facts, but I'm offering more sort of context than I normally would. But you and I have been talking about this now for more than a year. And I think that, you know, when you bumped into this segment, you know, you were playing New York uh, 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 Mayor Eric Adams just crying foul, blaming the Biden administration about the migrant crisis he's got in the Big Apple. And you look at that and say, wow – how brilliant of an idea. I mean, just brilliant of an idea was it for Greg Abbott to start sending the border crisis to these sanctuary cities. He he gets credit for that. It was brilliant. But in this case, the the only sort of uh, uh, friction that, that I can report on, having since September, October, and December in Eagle Pass, was that Texas was not happy about the wire getting cut. But the Border Patrol agents... Were forced to cut wire because of the humanitarian crisis it posed for the migrants. I documented it in live shot after live shot, and maybe there is something to maybe the governor's office decided let's kick the uh, the, the border patrol out and try and get some sort of wire cutting, you know, agreement. They don't want they don't want their wire cut. I don't. Maybe it's that, but I also know for a fact. The, the, you know, uh, Border Patrol agent in charge in just the Eagle Pass part of the Del Rio sector of the National Federal Border Patrol doesn't get to make that decision. That comes from from Washington. And so, you know, he's picked this fight with tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, overrun agents and in, in Border Patrol, uh, of Border Patrol agents in, in Eagle Pass. When he really should keep that fight at the Biden administration level and doing things like he's doing with shipping migrants to sanctuary cities, that's having an effect in Washington. Exhausting and creating a nightmare of a mess in Little Eagle Pass, Texas, for Border Patrol agents who are already outnumbered, you know, that doesn't really solve anything that
0: I can see talking to Griff Jenkins of Fox News. Catch him on Fox News Live uh, on weekends. You you wrote uh, the story that Mayorkas, uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, has finally admitted that above 85% quote-unquote of illegal immigrants are released into the United States. And while you're in D.C. right now, you mentioned you were just at the offices of Representative Dan Crenshaw uh, of Texas. You've got House Republicans not happy with Speaker Mike Johnson regarding the spending uh, bill uh, uh, trying to avert government shutdown because it does not engage uh, more either dollars or or policy security for the border. Is the border going to blow this up and we're going to see government shutdown coming?
2: Well, uh, you are certainly wise in your years, Tony, in seeing, you know, what's coming. And let's not, you know, uh, downplay the fact that the government's going to have this fiscal cliff problem a week from today. I mean, we're a week away. And Singer Johnson came in, got a little bit of a honeymoon, got this agreement on the uh, top line, which means they're going to agree on a certain amount of spending. He was touting in an interview on Fox About how he's getting 16 billion in cuts. So there's a little, little haircut as well. So there's a little, little something there. But at the end of the day, there are hardliners in the GOP. And I wouldn't be surprised, although I can't point specifically to one, if it didn't get bipartisan Democrat actual support in a form of a holdout on the spending bill, if they don't get some sort of agreement. Uh, which is, of course, the negotiations are on the Senate side, but make no mistake, it's the House and the Senate. We're all in this together uh, uh, in terms of getting a border agreement. If they don't get some, if Republicans don't get some agreement that any border deal, as it pertains to funding, would allocate money only, only for detention and deportation, removals and detaining, not money that would simply go to transporting and processing just more migrants faster. And that's where the fight is. And it is unclear that there is an agreement there. Yesterday I spoke with Senator Tom Tillis. He's involved on the Senate negotiations. And he said, he said, point blank to me, he said, Griff, I understand I, I'm not in liberty to say what's been agreed to or not, because it's still a moving target. It's very close to being a done deal. But I can tell you with certainty, if those, assurances about money being allocated for the detention and removal purposes, not for more processing and transporting, I can tell you this deal's dead. And if that deal dies and you're looking at a fiscal cliff, I think there's going to be more and more of an appetite to let the government shut down on this issue and go die on that hill.
0: What is the appetite, before I, I let you go real quick, and I appreciate you taking the time, what's the appetite for impeachment in Mayorkas? I mean, this finally admitting after he st- had that press conference that we're, get, we're putting more people out of the country than ever, we're fr- fighting more of these people than ever, 85% of those who cross, uh, right, are, are, are allowed to stay in the country. What's the real appetite for impeachment here? I think that appetite is, if I, if I had to choose low, moderate, to
2: high, I would say right now your stove is cooking at medium to medium hot. And I say that because you're seeing now a second hearing, just got announced an hour ago, next week, you're going to have the second uh, House hearing on Mayorkas' impeachment. It's going to look, I think I saw the headline, was looking at the victims of Mayorkas' border crisis. And they're going to keep marching it out. But at the end of the day, there's got to be a fall guy, right? This is This is the way the old story works. And, you know, Mayorkas, I think, in his admission of 85 percent, which is just unthinkable and unconscionable, he ultimately is the guy that is going to be left holding the bag if the administration decides that they're going to let him take the fall. Now, why they would do that makes no sense. And to Mayorkas' credit, for all the criticism he's withstood, he does keep going to the border. He does need with these board patrol agents behind closed doors and essentially lets them yell at him, But, you know, he's not been absent. And so, you know, it's going to be one of those things like, well, if they teach him, does it really serve a purpose? But I think the appetite, I think, I think it's just gotten so bad and he's offering his the own ammunition against himself. It's gotten so bad that, that someone's got to be a fall guy and he's looking like candidate number one at this point
0: griff jenkins from fox news be sure uh to catch him weekends on fox news live everything the man does i appreciate you taking uh the time sir to be with us get back to work go make a living more is coming up i'm tony katz holy mcwinter This is just ridiculous, people. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, you have got the Midwest just looking at snow, looking at freezing cold. This is nutty. What's going on? There are areas that are risking tornadoes. That's how weird the weather is. You also have, like, for example, in in the Chicagoland area, uh, Kane County, west side of the metro, 6 to 8 inches. Then uh, within other parts of Cook County, uh, 1 to 5 inches. Des Moines, Iowa, of course, you're getting ready for the caucuses, 4 to 6 inches. Omaha, 4 to 7. And the cold. So uh, two reasons to bring this up. This is affecting travel everywhere. Uh, Chicago O'Hare uh, had had a full ground stop this morning in, in a multiplicity of flights that of course led to delays all over the place. The cold weather is going to delay. If you are, th- are, are getting on a plane, expect delays. Because it's going to be it, it's going to happen. Uh, one of the questions of course is uh, what levels of snow and uh, how many more days of this are we going to see when you I've been staring of course at Des Moines staring at what is going to happen for these caucuses right now it's snowing and then the wind is going to come tonight and push them into the negative temperatures they don't have any more snow on the forecast so this thing is moving but when you've got temperatures like on caucus night Monday that will be 19 below not including the wind chill? It's going to change the caucus. I'll get into that. But get ready for it to change travel. Be safe, for sure. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.